Good morning. Today is Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. Happy Rosh Chodesh Sivan, the first day of the Jewish month of Sivan. Today is an important day in Jewish history. Today is the anniversary that the Jewish people reached Mount Sinai in preparation for the revelation at Mount Sinai that we celebrate and commemorate on Shavuos, but they actually reached that spot on today, the first day of Sivan. So, happy Rosh Chodesh. All of us are worried and frightened and upset about what's happening in Israel. I'm sure you're following the news. In the last couple of days, over 850 missiles have been shot from Gaza into Israel. People have been killed. People not only in the south, but in the middle part of the country, Yerushalayim, Tel Aviv, are sleeping in shelters. It is a terrible, terrible time. The news reports that it's the worst violence in seven years. Of course, the people of Sterot and the Gaza envelope, the communities around Gaza near Sterot, have been going through this on an almost a daily basis for years. And I want to be very clear that what is happening now is no worse or no greater provocation than what has been happening to Sterot. It's just that it's affecting now more people directly and people in the middle of Israel who don't have so much of the experience of having run to shelters, of being terrified, of living in fear. And at the same time, the brave and heroic people of Sterot and that area, they have much to teach us. Rabbi Chagai Lundin is a teacher in a yeshiva in Sterot. And he wrote the following words. Every time they shoot at us, people ask us in Sterot, for example, what they can do to help. And I, I know it's on the minds of all of us. What can we do to help? My answer is, be with us in your hearts. Feel that if there are rocket attacks here, there are rocket attacks where you are. And as long as it is not quiet here, then all of us have no quiet. Feel that we are one human organism. Do it so that we will know that we are not alone because when we know that, daily life here becomes easier. And so we say to the people in the south, in the middle, all over, we are one. We feel as if it is happening to us. And you are not alone. There is an important comment that needs to be repeated 
and remembered it's circulating on Twitter. Perhaps you've seen it. Some have pointed out that Gaza's Hamas rulers don't have an iron dome system to prevent Israeli airstrikes. They do. It's called don't fire rockets at Israel. Several years ago, I had the privilege to be part of the mega mission from Montreal to Israel in 2017. And this is a story that I told when I returned from that trip. And it's something that we need to keep in mind today. So on that trip, we visited a Moshav and army base right on the Lebanon border in the northern, extreme northern part of Israel, on the border. And we received a military briefing from a female officer. This woman was so young and so professional and carrying such an unbelievable burden of responsibility. So listen to this story. So we're standing outside on the top of a mountain at the edge of this army base and Moshav, tiny, small, and we're looking over the valley to a village just inside Lebanon. It was maybe a kilometer away, maybe two kilometers, but maybe a kilometer, something like that, distant from where we were standing. And as we're standing there, this officer is giving us a briefing about what's going on. So she says to us, you see that town there? We all see it. It's right. It's right in front of us. The town is filled with Hezbollah. It is filled with missiles, with ammunition. And if they were to shoot a missile at us, we would have nine seconds warning. That's it. Now, she went on. We have intelligence. We have images of everything in that town, including inside the buildings and underneath the buildings. We see everything in this town. We know where the missiles are. We know that they're in civilian homes and schools. We see them. We see it. We know exactly where it is. We know where they are, but we don't attack without warning the civilians first. If we are going to attack, we send their civilians text messages and we make phone calls and we drop leaflets. And by the way, that continues even today in Gaza. That's happening now. That's IDF policy. But she explains to us 
We do all this to warn the civilians, even though we know, not only we know, but we can see it happening, that when we warn the civilians, the commanders, the militants, escape. In other words, she explains to us, we erode our military effectiveness in order to enhance our ethical standards. That's what we do. But here's the thing. She lives there with her family. She has two young children. Now, here's the dilemma. If she sees that they are preparing a strike, if she hesitates to strike, in order to protect their civilians, it increases the danger to our civilians, to her children, who only have nine seconds of warning. It's not enough to reach any shelter. This young woman is a mother. But at that moment, she is an IDF commander and she makes decisions based on IDF ethics protocols, even as it increases the risk to her own children. So today I ask you to think about this commander and all of the other men and women the heroes of the IDF. I have spoken with you in the past about an incredible woman named Adele Raymer. She lives near the Gaza border. She has a Facebook group, which I have recommended to you. It's called Life on the Border with Gaza, Things People May Not Know But Should. She writes of the constant running to shelter, the fear, the trauma, the pain, and incredibly, and she's, she's right there bearing the brunt of this for years and years. And she is someone who attempts to build bridges with the civilians on the other side who also want peace. Of course, she's been posting furiously in the last few days, and it is heartbreaking to read her posts, but we have to. Yesterday, she wrote at the end of one of her posts, may all my friends and dear ones on both sides of the border pass the coming hours and days in safety. Finally, I want to share with you an insight. In our shul, many, many places, every Shabbos we say the tefillah for Medinat Yisrael, the prayer for the state of Israel. And in that prayer we say, Ufros Alecha 
Sukas Shalomecha, spread over us, over Israel and Jerusalem, your sukkah of peace. What is a sukkah of peace? A sukkah is a temporary structure. We live in a sukkah during the days of Sukkos. What does the metaphor of sukkah have to do with peace? There are several answers to this question. But one of them is, a sukkah is a vulnerable structure. It is open to the elements. It is easily damaged. With a little wind, it could fall down. Sukkah is the perfect metaphor for peace because peace is so fragile. It is so elusive. It requires so much work and it is a constant struggle. Today, we beg God for the sukkah of peace in Israel to finally stand and to finally provide shelter and protection to our brothers and sisters in Israel. Yehi shalom b'chelech, shalva ba'arman osayech. David Amelech, King David, wrote in Tehillim, and we say as a prayer to God, may there be peace within our walls and harmony within our towers. Lamana chai v'reyoi adabra na for the sake of my brothers and sisters and friends, I pray for their peace. Laman beis Hashem elokeinu avaksha tovlach, for the sake of the house of God and His people, we beseech goodness. Hashem oz la moyitain. May God grant strength to his people Israel. Hashem Yivarech Esamo Vashalom. May God bless his people with peace. My friends, I wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person. And I join with all of you in praying for peace.